So speaking of that, at the beginning, I was asking everyone, should I find help? Like, for example, from episode four and five, Lee Thornquist, who ran his own podcast called The Edge of Comfort, which I asked him if it would be worth it to find hired help to help with editing. And I did look into it, but it seems pretty pricey or just complicated. I looked into Fiverr and I did find a lot of people putting ads out that they can edit your your podcast for a certain fee, but I just felt like, do they know what I want? Like, do they know exactly what I'm looking for? I would still have to send them a lot of notes about which highlights I want them to cut. And I just feel like it would be too much explanation and too much trouble to kind of relay information to someone if they're not familiar with my style of the show and editing. And if I always have to use a different person, which I guess if you like the Fiverr person you hired, you could use them again. But uh, I don't know. And then how I want the episodes to be broken up. So I just felt like it's a lot of (laughs) thinking to wrap around my head and then relate to someone else for it to make sense in an organized way. And since I was just starting out, I was still kind of finding my groove. And oh, I will have to say a website uh, that has been really helpful is called Airtable.com, A-I-R-T-A-B-L-E.com. You can create a spreadsheet and uh, invite other people to join, like people on your team that are helping you. And you can write notes and everyone can contribute. It's kind of like a Google Sheets, but on steroids. That has been really helpful for me to plan my episodes out so that I can see what's coming up, show notes and links and notes and all of that. So yes, that didn't want to forget to talk about that. Anyway, I just never ended up hiring anyone to help me, which I kind of want to look at again, but I'll I also feel like it's too much trouble just to even do that and figure out who I want to hire and what I want to get across. And (laughs) you see what I mean? So it's a lot to think about versus me just like, since I was just starting out, just me doing it for a while and see how it goes. And now I'm familiar with my process. So it just makes a lot more sense for me to just keep it that way instead of trying something completely new. And for the financial reasons, obviously, of course. I think I heard from a podcast, uh, it might have been someone else, it might have been the unconventional RD, where they said that the moment you know you can, it's worth it for you to hire help is if hiring help will allow you to make more content and more, I think she meant income from hiring help versus you doing it all alone. So I have not reached that point yet where I felt like I could produce more income if I outsource. That's why I'm still doing it alone, which I felt like that was a very sage and steady piece of advice is if you feel like you're at that point that you're not able to keep up and you're getting a lot of messages and comments and requests and sponsorships where you feel like you are limiting yourself by working on your own, then that's when you should maybe consider help. And I'm nowhere near that point. So I don't justify the need of me paying for help currently. That's why I'm working it, me, myself and I for now until either I stop doing it. No, just kidding. Uh, (laughs) I want to be as consistent with it as possible and um, putting out bi-weekly episodes as I've promised and trying to also balance work life so that 
the podcast doesn't consume my life like it did at the beginning because of course I wanted to get 10 episodes out there but now I'm only producing two episodes per month instead of 10 so woohoo that helps (laughs) but needless to say if you find it in your heart to help support I would love it if you can go to patreon.com slash mfmp and pick whichever level of membership commitment you would like to contribute monthly it would help me out so much even with just my fee for canva and for buzzsprout itself is a few hundred dollars a year and now uh, if i'm adding on another audio editing software like descript it's gonna just add more to my expenses and not even that but just the time commitment it takes for me it's honestly a lot more than I ever expected to take on and I'm making zero money right now really okay I have a few affiliate links established but I have not had any action on those links of people clicking them and then making a purchase so Patreon is still the main most preferred way if you find it in your hearts to contribute a little bit that would just i would appreciate that so much and it would give me so much motivation to keep putting out excellent content for you guys and then the last thing i'll talk about is social media tips i really highly encourage everyone to utilize reels on instagram facebook has it now as well but reels is still where you get the most traction you could do tiktok and i honestly could easily do tiktok because i already have short videos clipped out that I can just use for TikTok also, but it just kind of adds one more thing that I have to do. And I already have Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, the actual podcast, Pinterest, and did I say Twitter? So I already have all, and Patreon, I already have all of those platforms that are social media related for me to post and schedule posts for. And I'm pretty good about scheduling things ahead of time, but there are times where, like when we were moving into our new house, that I didn't have as many social media posts coming out as I would like. So that's why I recommend whenever you do have time, if you think like, oh, well, this episode is not coming out for another month, so I'm going to wait. Don't just schedule your posts ahead of time and have things done ahead of time so that if you get into a bind, you're not struggling last minute to make a social media post or finish editing or think of a YouTube caption. But yes, I do recommend using reels because with just one reel, you can reach thousands of people that are not your followers versus a traditional post where it'll only reach your followers. And I do pay for Canva, which is $100 and $120 a year. So that's $10 a month if you get the yearly annual plan. But if you pay month to month, I think it's like $14 or something like that. So I just went for the year plan because I do enjoy Canva a lot. I also use it to plan my Instagram feed, which you can look up a YouTube video on how to do that. But basically you create kind of like the three squares next to each other frame all the way down to like a nine by 16 frame. And then you can drag pictures of your posts onto the feed so you know what it looks like ahead of time. So it helps you plan like, oh, I don't like how those two colors look right there next to each other. It's too much of this one color. Let me change the post up or let me move the position. Or I like to kind of do checkerboard on my reels. So I won't do like two reels next to each other, but I'll do a regular post in between my reels. 
So those are some things you can look for if you are using Canva to plan your IG feed. So I can justify paying for Canva because it helps me out so much. And you can schedule posts to all your platforms like Pinterest, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all through Canva. So I feel like it's a win-win. But even if you just use the free Canva access, there's so much options they have that are free. So many fonts and templates and elements you can add to any post or even video editing. They have a little bit of that where I'll use a video clip and I'll add a background to it and post that as a reel. And that is really neat too. So there's a lot you could do with Canva, even if you just use the free option. But I like the flexibility it gives me on the paid version, mostly honestly, because I like to compartmentalize and I like to be organized. So on the paid version, it allows you to make folders. Aha! <laughs> Type A people rejoice. We have folders and we can label them and we can have subfolders. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm going to stop right there. Okay. So now, okay, I thought that was the last thing, but the last, last thing, I cannot forget to talk about this. It was in my title. It's my actual stats. Okay, this is the moment you've been waiting for. Give me the cheddar, right? Or the vegan version of cheddar, whatever that would be. So on Buzzsprout and any podcast hosting platform you choose, it will have a page for stats. So on Buzzsprout, it's telling me that... By the way, they do email me here and there, which is really cute, like little motivating emails with the confetti flying where it says, you've reached a total of 100 downloads in your lifetime. You've reached 200 downloads. It's really cute. So total since publish, which you're listening to this a little later now than when I recorded, but since six months of publish, which started in October 2021, I have had a total of 457 total downloads slash plays is what they call it. And I don't know what counts as a play. Like if someone accidentally clicks on your podcast and then goes away right away, is that a play? I don't know. Maybe they have to listen for a few seconds, but that's what they consider a download slash play. So when someone either downloads your podcast or just listens to it, I don't know how long they have to listen to. So that's why this number is... Take it with a grain of salt because it might be just someone that clicked on it, listened to 10 seconds, and then closed it. I don't know if that counted, but it says it has 457 total downloads since published. The top episode, which is episode one because (laughs) it gets listed first if you have it chronologically ordered, which you can change in any podcast setting that you're using. You can change it from newest to oldest or oldest to newest, but a lot of the times number one will pop up first. So the first episode has 54 plays. That's the top episode. A lot of them have about, I would say like 20 plays, mostly like 20, 30. Running a podcast can feel overwhelming to say the least. I was there not too long ago. For example, did you know you need to pick a server to host and automatically update your podcast feed? Luckily, I found out about Buzzsprout at the perfect timing and have been loving it. So if you or someone you know is thinking about starting a podcast, look no further than Buzzsprout. Sign up using the link in the show notes to get started for free and see how you like it for yourself and receive a $20 Amazon gift card after you upgrade to a paid plan. In the order of what app people use the most, I have the first being Apple Podcast, then a regular web browser, 
other unidentifiable apps, which are just not listed, I guess, but they're still popular apps. Then we have Google Podcasts. Then we have Spotify at only 6%. And then there's a few other ones. But I'm actually surprised that Spotify is so low because I've always used Spotify. But I guess majority of people use this Apple Podcast. And 53% of the listeners use an iPhone. The rest of them used, I guess, an Android or a computer. So that's a little over half people use iPhone, which you typically use Apple Podcasts. But other people, like my husband, he has an iPhone, but he won't use Apple Podcasts. He uses a different app. So that's just up to the person's preference, I guess. 67% of my listeners are from North America. So mainly United States, one person from Canada. Most people that listen are from El Paso. There's also some people from Fort Worth and Arizona, one person in Alabama, one person in New Jersey. Cool. 17% people come from Asia of the listeners. So we have India, we have Japan, Iran, and Israel. They count it in Asia. So Tel Aviv. We have that. So thank you, my Asian listeners. And then we have 14% in Europe. So those are 11 people from Germany, someone from Italy. Oh, I miss Guatemala on the North America portion. Uh, Back to Europe, someone from Netherlands, someone from... Nope, I think that's it. Yep, so cool. Thank you, my international listeners. This makes me so happy, honestly, when I'm checking the international stats and I see the map pulled up ahead of me and it has the continents shaded in different colors and I see that I have listeners from all these places. So I still need to gather some more listeners from South America, Africa, and Oceania. So if any, if you have anyone, any contacts over there, or any friends or family, make sure you send this podcast to them. To tie all of that up, some good, some not so good, some difficult, some straight up disappointing <laughs> uh, experiences that I've had. My tip is for if anyone's interested. In making a podcast, your goal is to be placed on learning and bettering yourself. And I think that has been what has kept me going because I just enjoy when I'm making the podcast, when I'm speaking to a guest, when I'm recording a solo episode, when I'm editing. Yes, a lot of it can be time consuming, but the majority of it is very rewarding. And when you see yourself being played back or listening to your guests, honestly, when I'm record, uh, when I'm editing, sometimes I get giddy, like just listening back to the conversations that we've had, and I just find them so fascinating. Even though I was part of that conversation, but listening it to it back as a listener when I'm editing, I still feel like that kind of intrigue, and I still get interested, and I still want to kind of lean in and see what they're talking about. So, just uh, it's been fun for me as a listener too to listen to what I'm putting out there. And to hear when people come up to me at work or when people text me or when people, my friends tell me like, hey, I listened to the recent episode. It's so fun. Like, where did you find this guest? I really like what you talked about. Like, it's motivated me. I want to go hiking now. (laughs) So things like that. It's really motivating to listen to 
that, oh, wow, you're, you actually listen. Okay, great. Thanks. <laughs> Glad you liked it. And then just being consistent. So not getting defeated, like, like, oh, well, I didn't reach a thousand listens. So I'm just going to quit because my first episode didn't have up to a thousand listens. Well, that's probably not going to happen. Like my experience with YouTube, for example, you're just, I mean, you'd be lucky if you get 10 views at this point, but on podcasts, you get a little bit more exposure, I think, because it's still a little newer than YouTube. I mean, podcasting is huge now, but it's still not a base like YouTube is. But just be consistent. It depends on what you're really in it for. If you want to start a podcast to earn money or to be famous, uh, eh, the hard truth, probably not going to happen unless you're doing this as your full-time job or you have some really instant effect and engagement on people. But for me, like the hard part is even, even just getting out there, even just having people find you. It's not even like hoping that the people connect with your message and connecting with your content. It's more like I just can't even get my videos out there on like on YouTube, for example. I just can't even get anyone to watch it. Like I don't even get to the point of someone seeing it and considering if they like it and if they subscribe to me. It's more like I just haven't figured out how to even get them to see it for them to even be exposed to it. So that's why I'm podcasting. It's like, it's still like that where most of my listeners are people that I personally know right now, like my friends that um, are awesome and have been supportive and have listened and enjoyed the episodes. But I don't honestly get a lot of exposure from, for example, it being promoted on the the apps, on the home pages. You really can't get there until you've had a consistent following they're not going to just put a new podcast on the home page of whatever category you choose it's more like a long-term thing and those podcasts that they are promoting if you go back and look at them they're probably over five or ten years old because they've been doing this a long time so if you are thinking that you're going to get famous and rich from doing this Probably not going to happen if you find out how to do it. Good for you, but it's not really a realistic idea. That's why I keep telling myself that this is for learning and for bettering of myself and for me to have a chance to talk with really interesting people. Another app that is kind of new to my attention is called Good Pods, Good P-O-D-S, and it's made for podcast lovers. So if you are tired of the drama and the noise of Twitter and Facebook and whatever. I recommend Good Pods if you just want a podcast that recommends, I mean, sorry, just an app that is about podcasts for podcast listeners and podcasters. Um, it serves both ends. So you can check that out if you do download it. My handle on there is mfmppod, just the same with Instagram or Twitter. So on there, you're able to share what you're currently listening to. And if you have friends that also have the app, you can find out what they're listening to. So that's kind of a good way to find out different smaller podcasts, independent podcasts that are not owned by a big media company. I really love how that app and the founders of the of that app, they created with the purpose of promoting indie podcasters like myself. So all of the podcasts that I see people sharing and commenting and posting on there 
are all from podcasts I haven't heard of before. Honestly, I've never heard of these podcasts. They're just people like myself that are indie podcasters that maybe has a new podcast or it's not new, it's established or true crime podcast or podcast about gardening, like just different things or also interview-based podcasts, podcasts about mental health. So I highly encourage you to check that out if you want to get away from the noise and just look for an app that recommends new podcasts to you and random ones too. And then finally, it's really taught me this whole process is it's okay to be an imperfectionist. Heck, I want to be an imperfectionist. For so long, people have tried to be perfectionists. And are they any happier for it? Are they any more productive for it? Even myself, I've prided myself on saying, oh, I'm a perfectionist all the time. But this process really, and life in general, has just taught me it's not worth it to always be a perfectionist. You can have a plan, but it doesn't have to stay the course. You can reevaluate. And things change and things might sound good at a certain point, but then later on, it doesn't appear that way anymore. So you're able to be flexible and fluctuate with the changes. So take my word, be an imperfectionist, but with my perfectionist and type A tendencies, I do recommend to plan ahead, have notes to read when you're recording. So you're not just like, uh, in front of your guest, <laughs> you kind of move the conversation along. Most importantly, be a good host to your guests so they would want to come back to your show or recommend people to be on it. Be a good host, okay? Just just be nice and be kind to people and be yourself. Truly be yourself because people don't want to listen to someone who's fake, all right? Those are my tips and those are my thoughts and my truth and my experience after six months of podcasting. Thanks for listening. You can now drop me a voicemail that might be aired in a future episode. You'll find the link in my Twitter and Instagram bios at mfmppod. Subscribe to my YouTube channel by searching many faces, many places, all in one word. Lastly, make sure to tap the follow button on your favorite podcasting app to stay tuned for new episodes.